Today's episode of GM Street is brought to you by Miller Lite. Look here at the ringer. We have our disagreements, but there shouldn't be any debate about this. Miller Lite is the great tasting light beer with only 96 calories and 3.2 grams of carbs. That's fewer calories and half the carbs of Bud Light. There's really nothing more to talk about. If you have a real argument, let me hear it. Until then, stick with Miller Lite. Miller Lite, hold true. And now, GM Street. Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is Tuesday. It is September 18th. And we just watched Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago <laughs> Bears take down Russell your Wilson. Boy. That's your boy. And the Seattle right? Seahawks. It is, it is all happening. The Chicago Bears one and one. They are 500 for the first time since 2014. People are very excited uh, in, in the Windy City right now. About and Mitchell? Uh, about Mitchell? About Mitchell, right? Is that what we're going to say? Mitchell Trubisky, he finally did it. Showed some moxie last night. Can I not be excited, Lombardi? Should I not be excited? I mean, I think, look... I think Mitchell Trubisky is exactly what I thought he was week one. I mean, if it goes to script, yeah, everything's going to be fine. But once it gets off script, now he has to improvise and he's no longer a quarterback and he's just an athlete. There's an impulse in his brain that switches very quickly from – I'm a quarterback, too. Now I'm an athlete. Mm -hmm. And that impulse is the reason why he, as Mr. Ohio in the state of Ohio. Mentor Ohio. Mentor Ohio went to North Carolina. There's a reason. Because you want to be a champion, right? Is that what you're saying? No. I mean, if you're Mr. Ohio in that state, (laughs) you're going to be a Buckeye. You're born. When your mama Uh lifts you from the crib, you're a Buckeye in that state. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you. like. All right. There's a reason he went to North Carolina. And I'm not saying he, you can't overcome the reason, but there is a reason he went to North Carolina. Then there's a reason he didn't start at North Carolina that you witnessed firsthand. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest schools of all time. You witnessed this firsthand, Tate Frazier. Now, because he doesn't do that, now we're watching him play. And last night is an example. I mean, until until the interception by, the, by Prince Akamara, I mean... I bet you Mitchell's butt was tighter than could be. Because <laughs> if, if Russell gets him and ties that game up, who knows where this thing goes? You know, they're going to have to win with their defense. He's not ready to be to put the game in his hands. They got to manage him very carefully and delicately. And we've seen that on the opening drive. So every single, the, in both games that we've seen Mitchell come out, he has looked perfect because every decision has been scripted out and everything has gone not only has it been scripted tate frazier it's been practiced yes so it's been rehearsed so Mm -hmm. okay we're going to play this coverage it's like ballet at this point exactly we know they're going to be here i want you to throw the ball here now so the volume of plays is 10 plays all he has to remember is 10 plays Mm -hmm. okay now once we get past that and we start messing around with things game on and that's where we get to the situations where people were complaining about him tucking the ball and starting the run but that's what happens. Like he, he has the one option, and that is the knock on him as it currently stands. And the reason that you're not as high on Mitchell from the get-go is because you did not think that he could get past that point. Right. You thought that the ceiling was, this is what he is. If it's open, if it's there, he can make every throw. But if he has to make a decision and he has to do uh, something that Aaron Rodgers would do, improvise, something that Russell Wilson would do, improvise, that's not his forte. No, it's, it's not his in his instincts. It's like when I take Bella for a walk every day, I go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Her instinct as a Lagoto Romagola, which is the <laughs> hunting dogs, right, is to dig. I put her on that beach, she starts digging. It's an instinct. She can't, I can't, there's no way it's going to change. I can't change her. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's bred in her. Mitchell Trubisky's instincts take over for him. I'm comparing Bella to Mitchell Trubisky. I apologize for that, Bella. But anyway, so... <laughs> The reality here is, is he can't change it, and it's going to take time and time and reps. Will it ever happen? I'm I'm not a believer that it will. I, I would say, you know, it's probably going to be very difficult, but it could. It could. I mean, I'm not saying he's a busted pick, but I will say this very clearly. I don't, and nobody can argue with this. Deshaun Watson is a better player, and based on two games this year, Patrick Mahomes is a better player, and the Bears traded an asset. They pulled a 76er. They traded an asset to get a player that wasn't the best player in the draft. That's now going to be called for the rest of my life a 76er. Markel Fultz, right? Right. Uh, Trade an asset (laughs) to get not even the best player in the draft. Yeah. That's what they did. It's called a 76er from here mm-hmm. on out. I've labeled it. We'll call it a 76er. And we, we should say Pat Mahomes at this point is probably looking as the number one guy in this class. And we're going to get to him a little bit later. Yeah. Um, I want to keep talking about this Bears defense and what they were able to show. So the, the interesting part about this Bears team is you have the Khalil Mack, who is 
proving right now that he is one of, if not one of the top five best players in the league, you know, outside of position, outside of where you play on the field. I mean, he is making Russell Wilson a guy who is a king of, I'm a magician, I'm a wizard, you do not knock the ball out of my hands. He's strip-sacking Russell Wilson. He's making him look confused. He got him rattled enough where Prince Mukamara backs up and, and, and basically baits him into making a pass that he would usually not make. So we just got to talk about that Bears defense. I mean, they're, they're a top five defense in the NFL and a, team, and a defense that we have to, to really watch out for, right? They got to carry. I mean, I think, look, to me, it starts with how you attack the Bears defense. You're not going to play conventional against them. They want you to play conventional. Mm-hmm. They want you to run it on first down so you can be in second and long. They want you to run it on, you know, they want to get as many third downs as possible. To me, the game last night was obvious. If you're a Seattle fan, they pulled the Curly in the boat. You know, and I love the Three Stooges, but Curly's in the boat, and I've given this analogy many times. <laughs> Curly dr- makes a hole in the boat, so he drills another hole in the boat to let the water out. Okay, so now he's got two holes in the boat. That's what Seattle did when they fired Daryl Bevel and hired Brian Schottenheimer. They didn't fix the hole in the boat. They created another hole. This offense is actually, and I never thought I would say this, Tate Frazier, this offense is worse than Bevel's. I mean, there's no creativity and there's no adaptability. Mm -hmm. So you're watching this game like, and I know Brian's got his sheet, you know, and everybody's got the big cardboard sheets in front of them. But at some point you got to say, look, we can't really handle them. We got to get the ball out quick. We got to spread them out. We got to tire them out. We got to go no huddle, wear them down a little bit and get the ball out quick. And not try to establish the run, but establish the spread and then feed runs in to keep the quarterback off balance. That was the only way. And they did it on the drive when they were down 17 to three and they, and they scored. That was yeah. the best drive of the game. Four for four. Russell right? was great. But of course they come back out when it's 17 to 10 and they're back in their regular, they're going to run their regular offense. Don't forget our, reg- their offense is horrendous mm-hmm. by design, by scheme, by tempo, by tempo, by everything. I mean, they, they, they literally basically were given that front four time to rest. They literally like. curled in the boat. It. They mm-hmm. really got worse. They got actually, worse on offense than they could last year. Even though I think Mike Solari is a really good line coach. I mean, they tried to help out, but the you know they're holding on to the ball. They, they got a ball's got to come out quicker. They got to do it. It's all about attacking the scheme the right way. And, and look, I think, look, we all, the, the betting is legal in America, right? Everybody could do it. But when you're betting, when you're sitting down to place a bet of your hard-earned cash, okay, mm-hmm. you got to really think hardly about, write the names down, Vic Fangio versus Brian Schottenheimer. If you're betting Seattle on that one, you better think about that really close. Just think about it really, really close. You're betting, you know, whatever the coordinator is against the other coordinator. You're betting Frank Wright, who played in Philadelphia last year twice against the Redskins, going into Washington against Greg Minuski and Jay Gruden. You're betting that. If you want to bet that, that's fine. Go ahead. Wright did a good look at the numbers, what Wright did in Philly. But you got to think about that. And last night, it was so obvious that that Fangio just was messing with them and, and t- he never attacked Fangio in a way that Fangio thought could harm him. And we should say, so the, the most in the NFL so far, as far as sacks in the first two games, Russell Wilson's been sacked 12 times. The closest he's had to that is 2015. He got sacked eight times within the first two games. So teams are getting after him. And then we saw last night a couple times, I mean, Khalil Mack, didn't even get blocked yeah. a couple of times. We had a tight end that basically barely chipped him and gets outside Will Disley. And then he's up the field and he's right in Russell's face. And we're running play action rollouts to his side. Right. You're hoping he's going to take the fake. Good luck with that. Like, like well, at some point, the guy's only playing pass anyway. Like, he's never playing the run. He's never taking a fake for the Chris run. Chris Carson's not scaring Khalil Mack at this no, point. No, he could, you know, actually, if you really wanted to, run the ball inside of him because he's just going to run up the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you do. You he play. was still going outside and beating guys and coming back in and making plays. I mean, to me, the design of Seattle's offense has got to worry you as a Seattle fan because it's not any better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. And then their game management, the way they set up the game, how are we going to attack this? It just doesn't work. And I, and I think to me, Russell Wilson's is taking a lot of heat for it and they're going to have to get it fixed. They're going to have to figure out a way to get this worked out because they're just not good enough on defense to have the, the defense carry them. And we did see that uh, that beautiful graphic that ESPN put up uh, brought to you by the, the Avengers where they they you know, faded out all of the the former defenders on the team and left, you know, KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, and Earl yeah. Thomas. And at this point, I mean, we saw Earl Thomas last night. If you if you kept an eye on him, he was going up to King and some of these other guys on the defense and just trying trying to trying to light a fire yeah. under him. You know what I mean? He was trying to assert himself in a way as a leader, but it's a young group, it's a different group. You know, Griffin looked great. He had those two picks on Mitchell Trubisky. That's exciting if you're 
you're a Seahawks fan, but at the same time, they, they have to move on or, or figure out what the identity is of this team because the right. defense looks lost and the offense looks lost. And the whole game last night, we never talked about a Seattle defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. We never did. There was never never mentioned about them. There was never any Seattle defensive lineman that stood out. Frank Clark made a play that talked about that. But for the most part... And he was offsides. And he was offside. But Pete Carroll's... That's because your boy Trubisky refuses to change his snap count. It's always on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Well, it's on one. Everybody in America, Sunday's one. Monday's two. Tuesday's three. Okay. Yes. All right. So they they literally just, you know, they, they they don't talk about it. And and you have to understand, one of the great things that Ernie Adams does, and I wrote about this in the book, another shameless plug for the book, book Gridiron Jesus. People always ask me all the time, what does Ernie Adams do? And, and in the book, I wrote about this when I was in Cleveland. Art Modell, the owner of the Browns, used mm-hmm. to walk around the the Browns facility. He was a, he was a funny man. He really was a very funny man. He had a great sense of humor, and he would always ask, "I'll pay anybody ten thousand dollars if they can tell me what Ernie Adams does in this building," because <laughs> he was paying him, and he really didn't understand. But Ernie's value is tremendous for the Patriots. He he's not as much in personnel or game management or that. He's in rules. He knows them better than the officials themselves. Okay. And he's also a historian of the game. And so when Ernie studies a defense, he just doesn't study the last three. He studies the origin of the defense. And the origin of Seattle's defense is built on the front. It's mm-hmm. all front-based. It's mm-hmm. Minnesota's defense in 1985. That's what it is. And when you when Pete Carroll is playing a game and there's no talking about the front, you know he doesn't have a good defense. Mm-hmm. That, that it's really easy to connect the dots there. So that's really the biggest issue that you see. If you're Seattle, you're not good enough to win with your defense, and your offense is really bad. And and so when you break down a team after two weeks, you have to look at it this way: there's there's production and design. You know, you make a car, you design a car, you produce it, right? Same thing with a football team: you design the football team, then you got to produce. Mm-hmm. What I see in Seattle is a huge design problem. Then it translates to a production problem. And that's really what the cause of the pro- offensively, particularly. Does it feel like it's because it's designed for a pastime for that that's not there? As well, far they, as the know, offense, I mean, are we trying to figure out where guys I mean, Brian, are? Brian, that- Brian is from the so okay origin of where you're from. Schottenheimer is really more of a North Turner offensive guy. That's what he was with the Jets when they were successful. Yeah, with Mark Sanchez in 2009. The numerical yep. system. There's a little. There's a little West Coast in it, but it's more hold the ball, get it down the field, run H option, run F. Post, all these kind of things. And that's why you're seeing the sack rate go up because Wilson's, it's not a West Coast one, two, three, four, five, bang it out, one, two, three, bang it out, you know? And that's when he looks best is when he goes back to his old bevel offense, which he can bang it out and he knows how to run that. And we saw him a couple of times, even on the goal line. Remember when he had the the, the quick pass option and he held on to it for a second? It, it feels like Russell, if you know Russell Wilson at all, he's a very stickler. If someone tells him what to do, he's going to go and abide by whatever the rules are. So if he's trying to lean into what Schottenheimer wants, he's going to play differently than, than he would have played before. You know what I mean? Because he's trying to appease his offensive coordinator. No, and I think, like I said, this is a design problem. Mm-hmm. This is a design problem. And, you know, Pete hired Brian. Brian was with John Schneider, the general yep. manager in Washington. So they have a friendship. And I'm sure they, they they both respect one another. But at reality here is is the line coach, Mike Solari, is from a West Coast background. So he understands that. And so you're merging these systems and it's gonna it, it's not blending and it doesn't fit the quarterback. It doesn't fit what Russell can do. Russell's a one, two, three, bang it out, but, but as bad as Bevel was, this is worse. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think Bevel was creative. I thought Bevel installed the day one of the West Coast offense. He ran it. That's what he did. Okay, say what you want. But this this is not the right fix. And I think this is why Seattle's 0-2. And we talked that about- game was for the taken last night now. Yes. Yes. I mean, the the Bears were in the same situation that it, that they were with the Packers. You could tell that they had the lead, but they were very terrified that there was going to be like, a reckoning I'm telling coming. You, yeah. you know, the Bears play Carol play uh, Arizona this week. I think they're six and a half point favorite. If you put your money on the Bears, you got to hope Mitchell can hold on, can create a six. Is because, but let me tell you something, Nagy. Did you see Nagy's card last night? Mm-hmm. His wa- I call them the Waffle House menus. That, that's oh, they were beautiful. They're yeah. so designed. I mean, it's so perfectly. Yeah. I mean, one thing about being in the NFL, you know Excel. You get to learn Excel. Mm-hmm. It's one of the great. Mm-hmm. I would recommend everybody learn OneNote, but Excel is good too. <laughs> but anyway, so the reality here is, is he had on the play sheet, and of course we never talked. Bu. About it. 
be you. Thank you, Tate Frazier. Nice observation. You would think they would have talked about it. What does that mean? It meant it to me, it was a message, and this is my interpretation. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. That don't get don't get tentative in the fourth quarter. Be you, be yourself, mm-hmm. call the game the way you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a conversation. But speaking of conversations, I mean, at some point, can they just get McFarlane up in the booth? Yeah, Booger was great. I mean, well, they're talking to him the whole game anyway. I'm not really sure why he's not in the booth. I think it'd be fine to have three people in the booth. I, I think honestly, it would help Jason Wood not a lot. He, he's got a lot. He got a lot of questions. I mean, they what? What did they ask him last night? That was so. I was like, how is he going to know? They, the last drop kick was yeah. So like, when do you think? The, you know, he made a good enough observation. You know, bringing up uh, the Redskins or some sometime when it happened. But uh, it's not comfortable. It's it, not. Yeah, it's, it's not. not it's yeah. not comfortable. It's the Booger's. It, Booger's having fun though. I, I think yeah. But, nice but Booger for a guy who's on the side, like I like to me, that's the job that I think like I poor Lisa Salters we don't even know she must be a witness protection somewhere yeah. she think she's in West Cape May yeah maybe she might be, she in might West be there Cape. with Nathan she Peterman. might be the first player in West well that's right we put Nathan Peterman yeah, in West Cape, West Cape probably playing May. chess or something like that it's amazing but I, I, I to me you know I always thought that McFarlane's job is to watch the sideline watch mm-hmm. the coaches in between breaks mm-hmm. and tell the fans actually what's going on what's the adjustments what are you hearing down there like you know football okay here's what we got to do we're going to come out and play this or that hey, expect you know that kind of thing but to me all he's he talks every every play like he's a part of the booth. I mean, they should just get him up in the booth. I got to ask you too. We brought up the BU thing. I honestly, in my head, when I saw BU, I thought that was a message to Mitchell. No, I, I he's the caller. You know, so. I, I just in my head, I'm just you know, every time he comes over, he's like, you know, don't do too much because yeah. I feel I feel like that is the message, it might, and it might be, but I took it as don't be tentative. Be yeah, you, yeah. Be yourself. And they were comparing him to Doug Peterson, talking about you know he was a guy that will go for it on fourth down. I mean, that was so people were very upset. And I think Peterson. He, I mean, that's the funny thing they were comparing him to Peterson in Kansas City. Peterson didn't call a play in Kansas City. <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, well, I, mean I mean, let's be yeah. honest. He didn't call a play. Yeah, you know, he, and and actually, Nagy was got the job. Peterson got sent out of the organization, and Nagy got the job. I mean, that's a fact. Nobody can deny that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I I mean, look, I I think the two issues here, if you're if you're Seattle, you've got to worry about you know how good are you on defense. I mean, I've said all along, it's a rebuilding year in Seattle. Now they got to hope they play they play Dallas this week. Crowd noise. Their defense can rush a little bit better, get some things going, but. The, the offense, to me, is by design, is not very good. It'll be interesting to see if Pete Carroll, who obviously is in that front office role as well, will uh, will try to reach out and they, maybe they try to make a move, especially to get possibly a pass rusher. I mean, a guy like, you look at a guy like Khalil Mack on the Chicago Bears, imagine if the Seahawks made a move and, and were able to try to get him up there, you know what I mean, and what that could have done for that team. And instead of Trubisky. They the, yeah, they, they can't afford it. They can't do it because yeah. they, they got their quarterback whose contract's coming up again. Yep. You know, so they're going to be locked into a lot of money. And that's they, why having these rookie quarterback deals again. Again, it comes really back down to, you know, I think, and John Schneider would admit this, they, it's hard to draft good mm-hmm. when you're picking so low all the time and you're going to have some blown draft picks. And I mean, two years ago, Malcolm McDowell, I think Malik McDowell, or one of, mm-hmm. he didn't even play, didn't mm-hmm. even get to the field, he got mm-hmm. hurt and they had to cut him. So, you know, that's what that's what happens when you don't have draft picks coming through for you. Let's talk about draft picks. Draft picks were being sent from the New England Patriots, or one draft pick, in, in specific, uh, a fifth round draft pick for. The services of Josh Gordon, a man that we know uh, from Hard Knocks with the Cleveland Browns, and and Hugh Jackson uh, said the the bird has landed when he came back and, and joined the team. And finally, the final straw apparently has happened in Cleveland, and he now will be uh, with the New England Patriots. You were I texted you this yesterday as soon as I saw the news. I said, you know, this is uh, Randy Moss 2.0, right? Josh Gordon's going to go deep for for Tom Brady, and you told me to pump the brakes. Why is that? Well, I think this. I, I think look, I think Josh Gordon's an immensely talented player but randy randy moss loved football more yes. than any player that i've ever been around he was smarter than any player I've ever been around he loved the game you know people confuse that west virginia twang for not being really overly intellectual he really was smart and so that's what they do to people in the south i'm, I, I'm sorry about that you know they, they kill me for my accent and my, <laughs> and my inability to pronounce names but i do have a hearing problem so that's why i, I do this but anyway so you know, the reason it's not is because Josh Gordon, when I was around Josh, his love of football was never obvious. Like he did, he was talented. He was a great athlete. He was gifted. He's been spoiled his whole life from Baylor. You know, he was catered to at Baylor. He had these social issues at Baylor, got kicked out of Baylor, went to Utah, transferred to Utah, couldn't even play at Utah because of the same situations, got drafted in the second round when everybody knew he was talented and the Browns took a chance on him, figuring they could get him turned around. And we did for one year. But when you observe Josh, the love of football from him and Moss are completely different. Mm -hmm. 
And so when he's going into New England Patriots, I compare it to going to Navy Buds. Like he's going into Bud School. You know, and the reason they have all those helmets in the Bud Squad is because guys can't handle the volume. Every guy that goes to Navy Buds can handle the testing. Okay, you don't get in if you can't handle the testing. What gets you sent out or makes you quit is the volume of the testing that every single day you got to do this, this, this. It's, it's a regimen. Yeah. It's, it's stacked on one on top mm. of another on top of another. And that's where I think Josh is going to have issues, because when he starts to get into some confusion, it becomes it becomes a problem for him. And then the off the field issues become a problem. Josh is not a malicious kid whatsoever. Not at all. He's not a malicious kid. He's not. He. He's just got addiction problems that is documented. They're documented. And so those addiction problems come back up. And I think that's why I'm a little bit wait and see. And I wrote about this yesterday in The Athletic that they're not going to be, you know, that I wouldn't have traded for him. And because I would have traded for him, the reason I wouldn't have is because I think that his issues are bigger than his love of football. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to stop wanting it more for Josh than Josh wants it for himself. Mm And, and, you know, this is a kid now. He's going to go into England, Tate Fraser, And he's going to, like you and I, we we did how many podcasts about the difference between the, you know, people or like Lombardi quit comparing everything to Belichick. Well, I'm just, I, it's hard for me not to do that, right? So we compared Hard Knocks Cleveland to what I've been around. And what Josh is about to embark on is going to be completely different. First of all, he's going to have to get there early in the morning, mm-hmm. okay? He's not going to be able to, when I was in Cleveland, and we would practice inside, you know, because, of course, it was cold. We had to go inside because they had to practice perfect conditions. Forget about mental toughness. We had to go inside. So uh, Josh would go into his locker when the off, when the defense was running through their scripts. He would go in his locker, check his phone. Nobody said a word to him. Mm-hmm. Like, that ain't going to happen. Got to get these texts off. Yeah, got to see what's going on. Greg Little and him would go in there and go hang out. Oh, like, they were superstars. Greg Little. Your yes. That's, my favorite. That's my favorite superstar. That's your guy, Greg Little. Of like, course. They go in there and half day, go and check their phone, do that. Work scout team? No. Work drug? No. Love of football? No. He just wasn't there. It's And, and so... You know, that's where I have. And now he's going to, you know, he's going to he's going to have to do extra conditioning because he's going to have to get in the shape, the New England Patriots shape. Like mm-hmm. he's going to run a hill probably today. Today's Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Or Tuesday. Tomorrow he will run a hill after practice. My, the whole team will run hills after practice. So my question to you and the reason that I find it very interesting because because of what you're saying in general is that there was no one to tell Josh, hey, Josh. Get your ass in it, you know, get your ass into gear. You know what I mean? And I don't think he's ever had a leader in the locker room that will come over and tell him what to do. And no, I mean, but, but, maybe but, don't. But, but, what is, but look at a huge reaction. The Eagles. What if land Brady of- comes up to, to Josh Gordon and says, hey, man, I need you. You got to be my guy. And he and he says to himself, hey, TB wants me to be his guy. I'm going to lean in. How many people in Josh Gordon's life has given him that speech? Has it worked yet? No, yeah. It hasn't worked yet. But Tom Brady hasn't given it to him. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Bill Bra- Belichick Bra- hasn't. Bra- they're going to give it to him once, and they're going to watch him. And then once he screws up, they're going to send him out. He won't. If he can't maintain it, he won't. Now, he's going to have to learn the most complex offense he's ever— Like, remember when he just threw his book into his locker and yeah. said, I got this, man. Mm-hmm. I don't need to study. No, no. This He's about, about going to take on master's class type— mathematics. I mean, he's going to be at a high, high level. I mean, it's going to be where, you know, like in Goodwill Hunting, that guy's doing that kind of crap. But, but if I'm if I'm Bill Belichick and I'm Tom Brady and I'm going against Matt Patricia this weekend, who I know I can expose in some sort of way, do I just go if I'm Tom Brady and I go Monday Night Football with Mike Vick and Deshaun Jackson and I just go to Josh Gordon and say, just run deep and I'm going to throw it up and go run underneath it? No, I think, that, you know, look, like, is Josh, there a chance that that happens? The Josh McDaniels practice against Matt Patricia every single day of his life. Yeah, it's going to be. So if you so, want to bet, you talked about coordinator versus coordinator. Yeah. This, this weekend, that'll be fun to watch. No, that's going to be yeah, and and they might not have Darius Slay their best corner. Yes, and so if they get into if they get, I mean, the best thing the the best thing the Lions can do is play rope a dope because that's the only chance. Even though the Patriots, to me, when I watch this Patriot team, Tay Frazier, they lack mental toughness on offense. Mm-hmm. They really don't have it. I mean, they went down into Jacksonville. They Brady, miss Edelman. They miss Amadola. They miss Edelman. They miss mm-hmm. their core. Brady was going crazy. McDaniel's went crazy on the sideline. There's no toughness to this team right now on offense. They don't have an identity. They miss Deion Lewis. I mean, Sonny Michelle may be a good player, but they don't have that get the ball to Deion, we'll get the drive going. They mm-hmm. don't really have that. They don't have James no safety White. safety valve, yeah. James White is a really good catcher of the football. He can't get any yards after the catch. 
if he has to break a tackle. He's really good player and he's an efficient player, but he's not the he's not a mentally tough guy that's going to stir things up. So Josh walks in there. Will they get him the ball? Sure. But, you know, I mean, they don't run a lot of deep ends and they don't run, you know, I mean, think of the routes that Edelman and all those guys run. The thing I think where the Patriots, where I think Belichick is thinking, and I haven't talked to him, but what I think he's thinking is if we put Josh Gordon out there, somebody's going to have to double his ass or put a guy on him. Yeah. So as a deep opening up the offense for Gronk. And the back. Over the middle of the field. That's right. right the now, seam is open now because we have it stretched right. this way. Because even if we can't get much out of the guy, somebody's got to go out there and defend him. Mm-hmm. So, And we'll get him the football. But his route tree won't be extensive because he's going to have a hard time learning the tangos and the calls and the checks. And when Brady sits in there and repoints the mic and rechanges everything at the line of scrimmage. But, jo- but that's what I'm saying. Just run deep every time. Yeah. Keep him honest. Right. I mean, I, I don't I'm, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, that will be that was a long term solution. But just for the idea that every single team now has to respect the idea that Josh Gordon's going to run 40 yards. And maybe that's the way to get him in shape. Right. Well, they will. They'll get him in shape. Trust me. <laughs> they'll get him in shape. He'll he'll be he'll be much better when he's done here. Yeah. Assuming he gets through it, he'll be in great shape. Now, whether he can, whether he'll, you know, the 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 route tree that he's going to have to run slants and that stuff. Sure, he can do all that. He, will he learn it? Yeah, Josh is a smart kid. Like the intelligence. This isn't Des Bryant, who's only le- you know not going to learn the system. Yeah, that was one of the conversations before that people talked about Des going to Patriots, but that, that doesn't happened. change anything. You know what I mean? That, no. That's that. Josh Gordon is separation. That's what he provides. Right, exactly, Dave Frazier. Like the, the Patriots have enough guys that can get covered. They mm-hmm. don't need another guy like Des Bryant who's covered all the time. They mm-hmm. they need a guy to get open, and, and Brady needs a guy that can get through the window and it's going to take some time and this is the perfect opponent to play because there's nothing Matt Patricia is going to do with his defense that Tom Brady hasn't seen at the line. That's why I think I think it's going to be a field day. I, I I couldn't for Josh Gordon. I cannot think of a better scenario for you talked about, you know, having a final last chance to see if he really could string this thing out for this to be the first game he goes goes up against this defense that Matt Patricia runs for them to have that familiarity for them to have made that trade and, and know that he is expected to play this weekend. I, I don't know. All, all signs point to maybe this could be something good for Josh Gordon. I hope that it will be, um, but we'll see. I, I, hey, look, I'm rooting for the kid. I hope the kid can turn his life around. We had a chance to trade him when I was in Cleveland in 2013 to the 49ers. We were, came really close to doing it. Mm-hmm. I think the public perception, the owner didn't want to do it. The owner was really convinced that Josh could turn his life around, you know, and so we pulled away. It was a, I think we could have gotten a second round pick from the 49ers. I regret doing it. Yeah, we should have done it because I knew then that it was not going to turn around. Mm -hmm. There were all signs pointed then that he didn't love football. Yeah. And his lack of like, when you, when, look, when you have, when you have addiction issues, there's no easy cure for that, right? No, There's no easy cure for that. But you have to cre- create some other love. Like oftentimes people that are addicts will tell you they, they, they'll start running five miles every day. They have to do something to get away from their addiction. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know how quite to word this, but that's kind of how it is. For the reality of it is, is Josh just never really has a passion for anything. He's great at football, but I wouldn't say it's his passion. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope that uh, he can find that passion point. We'll see what happens with the Patriots. It's a very interesting move. Uh, we're going to come back uh, after this break, and we're going to give the five performances that jumped out to Lombardi this weekend, uh, and we'll keep this thing rolling. Before we move on, let's take a quick break to talk about FanDuel. Football season is underway, and I'm sure a lot of us already have major regrets about our season-long fantasy teams. It's like you spend all off-season researching and getting excited for the season, and then comes the pain. That's why I'm so excited to be playing on FanDuel all season. At FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week. Every week is a new season, so regardless of the outcome, you get to do it all over again. FanDuel has never been more fun or easy. It's the place to play if you're not a fantasy expert as well. FanDuel is something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before, like their Gridiron Pick'em Contest every week. It's a free contest, and all you need to do is pick winners, no spreads, and 10K a split amongst the top pickers new years get a 20 dollar bonus when they make their first deposit on fanduel come play with me at fanduel.com slash the ringer that's fanduel.com slash the ringer and we're also brought to you by sonos 
Meet Sonos Beam, the smart compact soundbar for your TV and newest addition to the easy-to-use home sound system. I am uh, very excited to get my Beam going uh, and listen back to all these mini podcasts that are out in the world, like GM Street. Beam lets you play everything you love from music and radio to movies, TV, podcasts, and more. Even use AirPlay to enjoy sound from your iPhone or iPad on Beam, all with rich sound that fills the room. Enjoy deep bass and detailed stereo separation for music, plus crystal clear dialogue for TVs and movies. All it takes is one cord to connect Beam to your TV, and it syncs with your existing remote. Or get the hands-free control with Alexa, which is built in. The Sonos app walks you through setup step-by-step, but if you don't even want to bother setting up your speakers, Sonos will send someone to do it for you. That's right. If you live in any major metropolitan area, up and running, we'll have a Sonos expert deliver and set up your system absolutely free. Just order from Sonos.com and select up and running at checkout if you qualify. Back to GM Street. All right, and we're back. It is week two. The five performances that jumped out to Lombardi this week. The first one, obviously, uh, is a talking point for pretty much everyone in the sport right now. Uh, if you believe in Q- QBR, he had a 97.3. That is an A-plus in most schools in the world. Uh, he threw for 326 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Pat Mahomes. Lombardi, Pat Mahomes, and this Andy Reid offense looks pretty unstoppable right now. And he set an NFL record. He broke the record set by Peyton Manning, Andrew Brees, through his first two games. He has thrown 10 touchdown passes breeze and manning both through nine in the first two games uh so pat mahomes is he now the greatest quarterback of all time it looks like he could be yeah i think andy reed is the greatest quarterback coach of really i think he's one of the great quarterback coaches of this generation by far i don't mm. think it's close i mean the guy designs offenses around what the quarterback can do he's got a unique skill to make the quarterback play better i mean alex smith played well for him donovan mcnab these guys leave andy and they don't play as a michael vick Michael Vick, yeah, I mean the Doug, uh, I mean even even Nick Foles at first played well. Jeff for Garcia, him. yeah, I mean, I mean there's so many guys that he has brought into his offense has made them look great. It's really, and he does a great job of calling the game. He sets the game up. And look, I'll say this: I mean Terry Bradshaw has been on Mike Tomlin's ass for a while now. You know mm-hmm. he's called him a bad coach, and I don't I, I don't completely agree with Terry. I think Mike's a really good motivator, but I think Mike lacks the, the details and attention, and you can see it. I mean they have penalties galore on their team. They they don't re- reroute the receivers. They don't jam a receiver. Their, their defense, all the details that you have to do when you're playing at the top level, they don't handle. And they're giving games away. They're like, you know, you got a defense that can't stop anybody. And Ben's taking a third and nine shot down the field and throws the ball out of bounds. Like, you got to understand who you are as a football team. Like, we need third. We need to convert. You know, we need to get it. I mean, I said last Friday, uh, you know, we're talking about this game. They, they had a force Kansas City into a lot of third downs. And so what did they do? Kansas City had five third downs for the whole game. Five, Tate Frazier. Mm-hmm. They played Canadian football to the highest level. I mean, really, they should get the Grey Cup today. They should get the Grey Cup. I mean, they played Canadian football to the highest level. Uh, and that's how you win. This whole nonsense, well, what's the best friend for a quarterback? You, nobody, you know, nobody's giving us that rhetoric now, right? Nobody's yeah. talking about, oh, the best friend for quarterbacks are running game. No, 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 stop. The best friend for a quarterback is throwing the ball on early downs. And so you stay out of third down. That's the best friend for a quarterback. And I'll give you as evidence, Patrick Mahomes against Pittsburgh, five third downs. Five third downs, and they really took over. And I, I want to talk about, you mentioned the, everything that Roethlisberger and the Steelers, you know, offense is really going through. He still throws for 452 yards. The Chiefs defense is horrendous. It's horrendous. Like so, that, so, that so over we, there for that game yeah. was the greatest bet of all time. Like mm-hmm. you should have just taken everything <laughs> that you have in your life and bet the, that over because nobody's playing defense. Like, Nobody's playing. Like Kansas City won't play defense against Jimmy. Not that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing well at all, even though he played better this week. I think he's holding on to the ball too long. He's not decisive or accurate, but he will have a good game against his chief defense. Yeah, and I want to ask you, we're going to get to Garoppolo later. I want to talk about that Shanahan marriage because there is a little bit of back and forth going there. It seems like there's a little bit of growing pains, but we're going to get to that. But uh, Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, someone tweeted at him that if Ben Roethlisberger wasn't his quarterback, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, he would never be as good as he is, yada, yada, yada. He responded to it, said, uh, well, trade me and we'll see. Um, So this, you know, got people all up in arms. And obviously you got Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who's getting a lot of targets and catches for their team now. We obviously have the James Conner, Le'Veon Bell. So there's a lot of possibly potential lame duck situations on this offense. A lot of guys want to get credit for why the offense is so great. And Mike Tomlin, how do you nip this in the bud is really the question. You know, I I, I was really shocked by the the Steeler players coming out and ripping Le'Veon Bell. Rarely does the locker room. 
mm-hmm. take sides with management in a contract holdout. I think that's like undefeated. I don't think there's ever been a case where the locker room has defended management. I mean, that that, that streak's undefeated. So, but that, when you're losing. You know. Yeah, but this is before they even lost it, yeah, Frazier. I mean, true. this is before the game. So I, I, there's there's something in their culture right now that's not good. There's something in that team that's not good. You know, Ben wants to retire. The next thing you know, he wants to play five more years. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but I know this. Their details as a football team aren't there. Too many false starts, too many holding calls, too much, too much stuff that affects the game. And when you play against a good opponent, and even though, you know, as great as Kansas City was on offense, Kansas City had more than an ample opportunity to win that game. To, I mean, the Pittsburgh had more than an opportunity to come back and t- take it over. That, that, and that was my really my main takeaway from the whole game. As much as Mahomes was incredible and he threw the six touchdowns, and I'm amazed by how awesome the offense looks, the whole time you're thinking, well, Pittsburgh is still in this game and they have a chance to win this game. So you can't really overreact on one side of the football, right? Right. right. And Mahomes is going to come back. I mean, there's going to be people that are going to study him. They've got two games on him. you got to have to jam their receivers. You can't let Kelsey run free down the field mm-hmm. against cover three. I mean, it's high school throws. And this is what Kansas City has done before. I mean, if you wanted to surefire bet every single year, bet Kansas City week one to win because they come out of the season they're hot Andy Reid has everyone prepared and the first we talked about it week one to week five is a different time before we get past that point and we're going right. to see who these teams really are and, and I think Mahomes is great I think Mahomes is I mean he's going to always be I mean Mahomes, there's no limitations on the throws he can make no he can hit every blade of grass on the field which is important and you know and again you know he's he is a guy that's in the right place at the right time and I don't care. We don't need much more evidence. He's better than Mitchell Trubisky. I'm just telling you, he's better than Mitchell. We don't need more, any more evidence. He's better. I'm going to have to edit that out. But now we're going to get to uh, a guy in a really good situation. Uh, and that is Fitz Magic himself. That is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he has thrown for eight touchdowns uh, and has also rushed, rushed for a touchdown uh, in their first two games. This is the first time the Bucks have been 2-0 and uh, since 2010. That has been quite some time. And they take down the defending champions. Uh, we see O.J. Howard. We see Mike Evans. We see all these options. We see Deshaun Jackson. We see Ryan Fitzpatrick put on Deshaun Jackson's clothes after the game and do his Conor McGregor impersonation. Everything looks like it's going well in Tampa Bay. And I have to ask you, is Ryan Fitzpatrick the quarterback of the Buccaneers now? Well, yeah, I think he has to stay as the starter. I wrote about that, too. I think I think he has to. I think he's been too productive uh, for him to lose a starting job. I mean, he, first of all, he's he's playing out beyond his own me. I mean, there's going to be a mean regression here. When I was a kid growing up, as you know, I am a diehard 76er fan. It's a painful existence. I I would watch the Sixers play the Celtics, and I wanted Larry Bird to be hot in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. I want him to make shots in the first quarter. I didn't care if they got up 42 to 20, uh, you know, because I knew knew in the fourth quarter he wouldn't be hot. There would have to balance up the numbers because you have to, right? It's just, just that's why we have percentages. Mm-hmm. Return What's, to the mean. Return to the mean. Mean regression. So there's going to have to be a, a mean regression for Fitzpatrick. And if the Eagles could have tackled OJ Howard and they had ample opportunity, Ronald Absolutely. Darby misses the, yeah. made this a horrendous thing. Mm-hmm. They get him on the ground. All they need is one tackle, and they're probably going to win that game. And instead, they give up too many big plays, and it cost them. The Eagles, to me, is a fascinating story. I mean, when Doug Peterson and Belichick met at halftime of the field. Belichick's first thing he said to him was, man, it's hard to find any tape of you guys behind in a game. That's the first thing Belichick said. And it's true. They played from in front the whole year. They only threw 118 passes last year, trailing in games. 118. They've thrown 79 already this year, Tate Frazier. They have yet to score in the first quarter in two games. So... They're they're not the same team. And then when you watch them on defense, that defensive front isn't as they miss Jernigan badly. They yes. miss Jernigan badly. And so they can't control the game. They're secondary. Jalen Mills can't cover you or me. They can't cover. They give up 613 yards in the Super Bowl in 26 minutes. That ain't covering anybody, right? But what they can do is affect the passing game through their defensive line. And right now, their defensive line, Fletcher Cox got a sack, but their defensive line got tired. You know, I, I think Nada played the most, Fletcher Cox and Nada played the most plays last week. I think Nada played like 34 plays. Michael Bennett played 27. Mm-hmm. So when they're playing a lot of plays, they're going to get tired. And they don't have the same depth that they had last year in the defensive front. Those guys aren't as good as last year's depth. They miss Vinnie Curry to a degree. They miss those guys. So I, I think... That being said, I think Tampa's a lovely story, but like like Kansas City, Tampa's defense is atrocious. And I mean the defense, they have a bunch of rookie defensive backs that are out there playing. Well, they play zone, so so, so Carlton Davis, MJ Stewart, Jordan Whitehead, all those guys are out there. So there's rookie guys that are having to step up and play big minutes. So eventually that will, well, as we've said, rookies will be rookies at some point. I mean the Steelers are favorites on the road this week, and the Steelers Mm -hmm. are zero and two, and they're two and zero. I mean think about that, Tate Frazier. But 
I, I think that's the best thing about Fitzpatrick, though, is that he has said in all these interviews when they've talked to him, uh, not necessarily this week, but before, said he knows that I have, you know, he said, I've thrown five touchdown passes in a game, but I've also thrown five picks in a game. I know who I am. I know when I'm hot. I know if I'm not hot. And this year, I'm just trying to, w- once I see that I'm not, I'm trying to protect the football. But if I am hot, I'm gunning. So at least there is an acknowledgement of who he is, right? I There's- mean, I've seen it before when he's with, with Chad Gale. He's had these four touchdown passes. He's never had a five. He's had one six and he's had a bunch of fours and but there's gonna but he's never averaged there's only been five times in his career he's averaged over 10 yards per attempt in mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. and two of them have now happened with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yep. so there's going to be and the, and actually one of them happened the first game he ever started when he <laughs> played against the Houston Texans when, when Houston Texans when he was playing for the Rams so there's, and that was in 2004, I think. So there's been a huge gap in between. There's a there's a big sample size here on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and eventually it's going to come back to the meme. I just you know what can it go against Pittsburgh? I mean, look, could there be a better team to play? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. You just keep it rolling for now, and then I, I think the real question will be if Jameis comes back and they are three and zero, four and zero, whatever it is, and, uh, and, and then I, and then what is the trade? What is the market for Jameis? Do they want to get rid of Jameis? Uh, I don't foresee Jameis being very excited about playing behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the team seems to have leaned into Fitzpatrick. I mean, there, there's a lot of question marks that will come down to a team that is actually doing really well. I mean, Millie asked me this question the other day. She's like, she said. How smart was the ESPN Monday Night Crew to have Tampa in the third preseason game? I'm like, yeah, I, like I would have never, like I would have never done that. Mm-hmm. I would have never done that. Tampa versus Pittsburgh, you know, third Monday night, like that's that that's pretty that's pretty crafty. I got to give them that. I yeah. mean, you know, pretty they, good game. Pretty good pick for that game, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely excited to tune in for that. One more note on the Eagles. We just said Jason Peters and Mike Wallace both got banged up. P- we- Peters hasn't finished a game yet. And Mike Wallace has got the, uh, to- broke his fibula. Now, but the other thing we haven't talked about with the he Eagles. He may be out for the year, right? That's, that's uh, the, the fibula, you can come back from that. Okay. But Mike Wallace is not. I mean, my, they miss Alshon Jeffrey. They don't mm-hmm. have any skill on the outside. This is going to be the biggest challenge for Carson Wentz as he comes back is where is the skill coming from? You know, I really thought the Eagles might have traded for Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. That was one of the a lot of I think they did call. I think there were ten yeah, teams that it, called about. Gordon I know there was somebody said ten teams, but if you trade Josh Gordon for a fifth and get back a seventh, mm-hmm. and you also get back another seventh if he doesn't play for ten games, there really wasn't a good offer on the table. So, so there might have been ten teams that called. There wasn't ten offers on the table because the one thing fans have to understand is. Most of the time, 99.9% of the time in free agency, there's only two teams competing for one player. Mm -hmm. That's usually, there's never three or four. That's always just media talk, okay? And there's never more than three teams competing for a player. Now, I think there were for Mac. There were a lot, right? Yeah. But in this case, I don't. I think ten teams called, but I don't think anybody was going to put a firm pick on the table. It, it seemed like, as far as specifics of the deals that were coming out, it seemed like the 49ers were a team that really had interest in them. They it, need them because it, the reason Garoppolo is holding the ball is they can't get anybody open. Exactly, and then they so missed Marcus Goodwin bad. Dallas was the other team that came up. That Dallas is making the call, but Dallas is a team that's going to leak that. Just you know, that's good PR for them. And then the Patriots were the other team, and the right. Patriots end up making the deal. But the, get back to the Eagles, and when's coming back this week? I mean, there's not a lot of skill on the Eagles on the outside. Outside. Matt Collins isn't dressing. Yeah. Jeffrey's not he- healthy and ready to go. They're not the same team. They don't have they don't have Tory uh, uh, Tory Smith Tory Smith from mm-hmm. last year, right? So they don't have him either. They miss some speed on the outside. They're not the same unit offensively, and and so I think that's affecting. So it's going to be interesting to see Wentz playing now with a. Look, he's got to be careful with his mobility. There's no denying that. How he handles that if these receivers can't get open, especially when they're playing against a team that's going to play some some straight-up man-to-man. And that is a very interesting game, uh, him versus Andrew Luck, because we're going to get all the, the commentary about – is this guy 100%? How does he look? You know, that that whole game will be us, you know, you know, overanalyzing every little thing that happens with Carson Wentz and Andrew Luck. So get ready for that. And, wanna- and Andrew Luck played good last week. I mean, look, yes. the, uh, I, I think this. Somebody told me I need to talk about like a sleeper player every week, and I'm going to give you one right now. The Colts drafted this kid from South Carolina State, Darius Leonard, in the second round. He's mm-hmm. a linebacker. Last week, he was one of the best players on the field against Washington. He made almost every tackle, created sacks. He was outstanding. You watch the game tape of him, and he was really really, really a good player. And that cold defense flies to the football. They're fast. They're not going to be a man-to-man team. They're going to play the Tampa scheme. They're going to play the Dallas-Tampa type scheme. Mm-hmm. But they can run to the football. 
And they're going to lock those receivers down to Philly when they have to because they did it to Washington last week. Well, let's talk about a team that has uh, no problem locking up any any opposing receiver and uh, no problem talking about it, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, uh, of course, Jalen Ramsey leads that defense. They took on the New England Patriots this week, obviously the class of the NFL for the past decade, possibly more. Uh, but the Jacksonville Jaguars made a pretty big statement. Blake Bortles goes and gets four touchdown passes uh, out there to the world. People are very excited about that. I'm sure Blake Bortles' facts will pick that up. Um, and we also get it without Leonard Fournette. I mean, without Fournette in the backfield and to see Blake Bortles do this, I mean, does that devalue? You talk about devaluing the running back position. Blake Bortles, I mean, he was basically the You just the fell right into the trap. Leonard Fournette's injury was a good injury for the Jaguars to have this week. Yes. Because, because Yeldon? Because the Patriots have a hard time with horizontal vertical lateral quickness. Mm -hmm. Their defense is slow. They can't handle this field spread. When you make them defend the width of the field, okay, and the verticalness of the field, they get into problems. But when they can play a back like Fournette and they know the ball's really going to come from tackle box to tackle box, it plays into their strength. And then they know that 25 to 30 of those plays that this that that is on Nathaniel Hackett's play sheet, are runs for Fournette. So that takes a lot of time away from them exploiting the weakness of the Patriot defense. It was the perfect storm for Jacksonville. I think Fournette's a really good player. Mm -hmm. But in this matchup, in this specific matchup, Fournette's not the perfect back. The perfect back was Grant. The perfect back was Yeldon. Make them defend the field. Get Blake and in, in, in read options. Get him to force the Patriots to have to play a space game and then take advantage of it. I think the thing that was amazing about this game was yeah, I, I mean, Blake Bortles' facts is going to have a tough time, a, a lot of work, a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, parsing through this one. Yeah, yeah, and Blake played good through the one interception. But he played really well, made some great throws. Cole made some incredible. But they, th this game that not a lot of people are just Josh Wells, the backup left tackle, went in for Cam Robinson in the middle of the second qu first quarter. And he owned the Patriots. And he played as well. Like you, like usually when you lose your left tackle and they have for the season. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. Like that's one of those injuries that you have a hard time overcoming. The yeah. Eagles did it last year with Vitae went over there and mm -hmm. he got through it. You know, we lost Nate Solder in 2016 when I was there with the Patriots. And, and really, at the end of the day, we really never really overcame it. But you try to, but it's hard. It's There ain't left tackles just walking on the street. Yeah. So, uh you know, and and this kid went in, Josh was one in the game, and he blocked them like you couldn't believe. And so, the, to me, that was a great matchup. for By not having Fournette, it was a great matchup for Jacksonville in the game. And I think that's really why they – and they dominated. Look, they kicked New England's ass, and they were more physical than New England, and they were tougher. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And Cole Westbrook, all, all those, those those specialist guys that they had on the outside, they, I mean, they were no like pass, superstars. They just no pass rush. They missed flowers. They had yeah. no pass rush. They couldn't win the game inside. And it became – and the most concerning thing, and I talked about this in the Josh Gordon segment, like there was no toughness out of the Patriot offense. There was no toughness at all. There was no, we're going to get after you. Mm -hmm. They, you know, right now they're behind where they usually are. Let's talk about a guy that uh, it, the game is behind him at this point, uh, and he decided that at halftime, that oh, was that was the uh, the biggest story. I'm still waiting to hear the exact breakdown of how it all went down. Um, I, I love that Vontae Davis had had tweeted back in 2013, never to quit anything. Uh, I said that I think he left. He did not quit. Um, but Vontae gets out of there at halftime. The Buffalo Bills, I mean, it's just a more of a, lar a larger conversation about what what is really going on in Buffalo. But this Vontae news comes out. You know, people were upset. People were talking about how they found out specifically in the locker room. And and just overall, just <laughs> McDermott's putting up with a lot. There's a team that went to the playoffs last year, but this team is in complete disarray right now. It really is. And, and frankly, you know, what, the more I look at the Bills, they should have kept Tyrod Taylor. Mm -hmm. Or is it t how I? Tyrod. Tyrod. I know Millie yes. keeps correcting me every time I say it. <laughs> Tyrod. They should have kept him. Tyrod should be the starting quarterback in Buffalo, and Baker mm -hmm. Mayfield should be the starting quarterback in Cleveland. Because at least with Tyrod, they could manage the game. Josh Allen's not ready to play. He's all over the place with the ball. He's inaccurate. He can't control the pass. You know, too many negative plays. He can't overcome them. He doesn't he got sack five times. I mean, it's just yeah. it's it's just snowballs down, right? So they would be much better. They should have held on to Tyrod. Tyrod, Tyrod, and and Baker should be starting in Cleveland because really, what are they getting out of out of Taylor in Cleveland that Baker couldn't give them? I mean, seriously, it's to me, it's the most ridiculous thing. Right, just holding on to the ball, really trying to right. keep possession. Like, like to me, they're better off growing with Mayfield and having him in there. And, mm -hmm. and the Bills, they should trade him back. Yeah, 
because that's the or reality. maybe trade for Jameis or trade for Jameis. Well, but they can't. They got yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah. But look, I'm saying this to you. We have to officially call what Vontae Davis did a cut a cutty from the wire. Okay. Because the game just wasn't in him anymore. Yeah. And he just quit. And, and you know what? It would be nice. I'm watching the tape of the game, and I see him make a tackle in the first half, and I'm like, <laughs> didn't he quit? Like, I, like it didn't dawn on me that literally he was actually competing, and then stopped competing. Yeah. I think they wanted him to make some adjustments, and he's like, "All right, well, I'm out. Here it is. I'm out." When you retire, okay. (laughs) When you retire, whatever bonus money he got from the Bills to sign there, he got to give it back. Oh, you got to pay him back out. Oh, you got to pay it back out. Like this is not coming off cheap here. That's what I was saying. I I wondered. I mean, if you're under contract, you can't just. So the signing bonus. If I give you a five (laughs) million halftime, if I give you a five million dollar signing bonus, right? Uh It's prorated, and I give you a five year contract. That that signing bonus is prorated over those five years. Mm -hmm. So if you miss any, so that's divided by five times sixteens. Divide every game that you miss for suspension or for something that you do, you owe that money. back to the club yeah okay and so he's he he's he gonna owe him some coin we'll see what happens we're we're, we're thinking of you Vante. uh we're we're gonna miss you from the game he's had some great moments been been through some tough situations colts dolphins bills uh you know that's his three teams that he played for in his career but he, he's also had some very hilarious and some very spectacular moments so he was a great football player for quite some time uh let's talk about the biggest story of the weekend and that is the lack of specialists and the lack of uh, success on special teams and the lack of kicking uh so much so that dan bailey a guy who was waiting for a contender to come after and give him a call minnesota vikings do give him that call dan bailey not going to join Mike Zimmer's Minnesota team, but just overall, in general, we saw the Browns have struggles with it. I mean, just, just across yeah. the board. I mean, I NFL. feel bad for the Brown kid. They had to cut that kid. Yeah. But Zane. at the end yeah. of the day, Zane Gonzalez, at the end of the day, it really like this is what everybody's missed the point on the Browns game. Okay, the kid missed the extra point, that which would have put him in the lead. But the Browns defense allowed the Saints to move back down the field again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Sean Payton did a blunder. I mean, he should have run the ball once he was in field goal range to reduce any chance for the for them to come back into the game. And so that kid didn't lose the game for the Browns. That kid didn't lose the game at all for the Browns. I mean, maybe if he makes the field goal at the end, I think that's probably right. But they had to make the decision. I think Dan Belly did a smart thing because Carlson's kick. When you watch the tape of that game. Like they weren't even in the same area, Cote Frazier. Like it wasn't like, oh, he just missed it. Like, like they were like twenty feet over. Like it wasn't even close. Like and the best part is they asked Mike Zimmer. They said, Mike Zimmer, you know, what what was that decision like? You know, to cut your kickers as the easiest one I've made. They were like, why? He was like, did you, did you see the product? Yeah, it's the easiest decision I've ever made. I cut him. I mean, he had no choice, right? I mean, the people over... They thought they are going to give some sympathy, but you know, Mike like, Zimmer does not play like that in game. Bet- in between the goalposts, maybe fans should have helmets in case they get yeah, hit with the ball. watch out. Like, if Carlson's kicking, they're going to have to give it from the hash marks yeah, out. Like, spread it out. Like, they get from the numbers out. Because yeah. it was dangerous. I mean... I've never seen it. It was so bad. John Wall even said that he thought he thought he could kick better than that. He was putting his services out there. So if you got NBA players thinking they could be kickers in the NFL, Man, it's, it was it's not good. Look, look, it's just a byproduct of of where we are. These extra points, I mean, they can't make them. The guys like the Raiders didn't even block one guy. These guys just walked in and you know, like that's really when you're a coach in the NFL or you're a coach in college or even in high school, you, you always should tell your team, I'm evaluating you more on the field goal rush after an extra point than anything. Mm-hmm. Like who shows effort on that play is the true competitor. Mm-hmm. That's the true competitor. And the, the Raider game, I mean, it's the half their right side of the line didn't even block anybody. I mean, the Broncos just walked in and batted it down. It was like volleyball. And we're going to get in that conversation again with John Gruden and, you know, the $100 million man going 0-2. Everyone's all up and I actually thought point. the Raiders played better this that's week. That's what I thought. I, I, I mean, the, the Denver Broncos are playing these home games and and that's, I mean, it's a that, nice advantage to play in the Mile High City. Case Keenan was horrible. Yes. I, mean, I mean, he kept brought him down the field that man but i mean he if they think case keenum's gonna lead him to victory good luck i don't think so i don't, I don't think they bought into the two and i think the raiders will have a better record at the end of the year than denver will i mean at least they got Carr to throw the ball down the field mm-hmm. at least he got him in there to hang in there because he gets rid of the ball too quick you know i think bruce arians has been great on television so maybe we need brian schottenheimer to go down there and be his offensive coordinator and tell him to hold on to the ball and make some throws yeah i mean he just holds the ball too he, he wouldn't hold the ball he's got that eli manning get it out of my hand quick speaking of that <laughs> yeah I mean, let's talk about that. So Can we talk about that for two seconds? Like NBC's watching Eli Manning go 11 plays, 23 yards, and we don't have the conversation about maybe it could be over for Eli. 
When will, when will that conversation well, you're not allowed happen? to. There's a, there must have been a memo passed out that you're not allowed to badmouth the, the, the quarterback. Well, he's thrown it 44 times. That, that, that's the other thing. I, I'm all I'm all in for, you know, this is going to be Saquon's team and all that sort of stuff that they're trying to put out to the world. But if Eli Manning is going to throw it 44 times, I mean, this is not Saquon Barkley's team. You know what I mean? It is still well, yeah, Eli Manning's Yeah, but Manning I mean, show. look, look, Saquon's going to be a great player. I don't deny that. But he has eight negative. They have The Giants as a football team have eight negative rushes already yeah. this season. Mm-hmm. Eight. They've got eight sacks. They're, they're Nothing from Jonathan Stewart, nothing from Wayne Gallman, they, they, nothing they, from Barkley really in the running game. I mean, this is, it all starts with the quarterback. It's not going to change until they change. Look, we said it all offseason on GM Street that the Giants are living a delusional life. They're mm. living in the past. Remember when, as according to Tony Soprano, is the lowest form of conversation. And the Giants are remembering when Eli was good. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done. They're still living the dream of Eli Manning. I want to get one more note before we get on and, and move to the awards for the week. We're going to take one quick break. But before that, I want to ask you about the Cam Newton hit. Uh, that was the the big storyline of this Atlanta Falcon game. Cam takes a big shot. Um, it does, no suspension will come from this. A lot of people down in Carolina, as I know, are very upset about this. Thing. I didn't Cam, think it was as bad when you watch the replay as it mm-hmm. appear live. Live when I, I saw it live and I was uh, I was at a San Francisco oh, Giants like, oh game. God. I was like, wow. This, I thought he was really injured. Honestly, the too. way he got up, I uh, was. But then when I saw the replay, it didn't look as now. Obviously, it was bad. And you know, when you slow mo, and I'm sitting on, I'm sitting over Tony P's drinking. You know, I mean, that's easy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I I didn't think it was as bad or as egregious as it appeared when I saw it live. But if you're going to be, you know, if we're playing this whole protect the quarterback game, if you're the NFL, isn't this an easy just, you know, give this guy one game suspension and everyone knows not to do this? Because now it gets into the world. That's what the Panthers fans and it seemed like Rivera. I mean, he said it but was a terrible play. But they have visual play. proof, right? Yeah. That, that's the problem. Now, they they no one thing about But there the, is no precedent that's being look, set. The NFL know? is 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 better than any, you know, they're the Warren Commission when it comes to inventing visual proof. I mean, there's just, they're incredible. I mean, they they created visual proof that Tony Carento was right on the Clay Matthews hit. I can't see it. They can see it. I mean, they can see stuff. They obviously never saw a shooter underneath the underneath the, the uh, unit, underneath the span in, in Dallas on, on in 1963. So they're good. They can do that, right? Yeah. They can invent it. So they can just make up anything they want as they go along. I mean, there's Clay Matthews. I don't know what he could have possibly done with his body. Like, I really don't know. What, what would you like me to do with my body when I'm tackling this? Court? Like, what would you like me to do with it? And Von Miller went on ESPN and they were asking about that play. And he was like, I'm not trying to defend other people, but I'm just saying, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm what supposed to my, roll out and not hit What am I supposed him? to do? Yeah. Just, okay, like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in a second here and get off <laughs> yeah. of my body late? I mean, come on. And that ended up leading down to the drive. It was a, it cost them a, a, yeah, it was yeah, interception. They don't care. In Park Avenue, they could give a crap. They, mm-hmm. it's, you know, they don't care. They're going to, they're, all they care about in Park Avenue is making sure they're on that five o'clock train. Yep. That's all they give it. You know, as long as they're on that night train train getting home, that's all they care about. Wins and losses, no big deal. That's why we got all these ties, right? They don't care. Wins and losses, it's your fault. You get fired. Maybe if we make some kicks, we won't have some ties. All right, we're going to take one more break here. We're going to come back and we're going to give out our awards for the week. One more quick break to talk about SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're catching your favorite musical tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite team, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, our listeners of GM Street get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code RINGERNFL today. That's promo code RINGERNFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. All right, and we are back, and this is uh, our favorite, our probably our favorite part of the podcast when we get to give out our awards for the week and get to talk through uh, everything. First up, uh, time to go on the lamb, which is, uh, of course, a reference to get Bring out of town, get yeah. out of Dodge, yeah, pack your bags, do what you got to do, get in your luggage. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, are they on the lamb, Lombardi? They got to be. I mean, look, this is bad. I feel bad. I like Sean McDermott as a coach. I thought he did a great job last year. Their team is, they don't have a quarterback that can actually function, and, and it's affected everything else with mm. their team. I mean, they traded Taylor. They should have not traded. They should have kept Taylor for one more year. Like, they would 
would be better with Taylor? Not that Taylor's the answer, but he would have allowed them a bridge to get to Josh Allen, who I'm not sure is going to be the answer because he's so inaccurate. I mean, he's all over the place with his ball. And, you know, I know he's gone to work with all the gurus and all that. But where's George Whitfield when you need him? Where's man, the broom? I'll tell you what, he doesn't have broom he out. does not have control of the football. He does not have it. And Buffalo defensively, they can't play good in the red area. They can't turn the ball over. Those are the two staples that they did last year. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, they're not they're not very good. They are not very good. And, and uh, it's good for the rest of the AFC. Speaking of the AFC East, let's talk about the Fred Palermo Award. And uh, that is all about preparation. I, I thought Miami did it this week. Miami, I don't think Miami's a great team. I thought they would be one of the worst teams in the league this year, and they've won two games so far. But I thought Miami didn't. You know, people, I always say this. You can't win until you avoid losing. And people say, well, Lombardi, that's so obvious. Okay, it's so freaking obvious. Why don't you tell Pittsburgh, okay? Because mm-hmm. all Pittsburgh does, everything they've done is just lose. Okay, and the Jets in that game, everything they did in that game was lose. They turned the ball over. They fumble. You know, they give up penalties. Everything they did... And Miami didn't look pretty at all. I mean, Miami's second in the NFL in having the most negative plays by an offense, okay? But yet, they're able, they punt the ball. They're not turning the thing over it's as much. It's a game of field. It's, it's field position always. It's a field position game. They've played it well. Their defense has made enough stops. So, mm-hmm. for me, you know, they went into New York. They beat, a, they beat a team with really a simple game plan, and they were able to execute it. They stopped, they stopped the Jets from running the football which, you know, you want the quarterback to have some balance, right? 41 passes for Sam Darnold is not going to cut it, especially when he's a young guy and if they're not throwing it on first down. So to me, I thought Miami deserves props for that. And I will say Tannehill has been great at just controlling the game as far as being able to run the ball. I mean, he's, he had like 44, 45 rushing yards, something like that, and threw for 168 yards, two touchdowns. I, I've been impressed with Tannehill just basically he's game man. It's a game managing type right. of way to do I, I it. I think this know? week will be a challenge for him against Oakland because I think Oakland will attack him mm-hmm. in a much better uh, with, you know, Gruden's coming off a of plan Denver, which is the same scheme that they run in Miami. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of had like it's familiarity. Now, yeah. So, Perfect. But it'll be an interesting game. Let's get up to the KGB award. Uh, the team that got duped this weekend. Who got Lombardi? Oh, it's got to be the Redskins by far. The Redskins mm-hmm. are the most front running team I've ever seen in my life. I mean, first of all, this Adrian Peterson thing, everybody's talking about how he comes back. He can't gain a yard. Washington kicked their ass. Washington got their ass kicked up front on both sides of the line. They really did. Now, they don't have any skill. They signed two receivers. They signed Perryman today. They signed Michael Floyd. Their skill, their receivers is bad. Alex Smith was taking the check down like it was nobody's job. <laughs> Even though he, I mean, yeah, Thompson got a, I think he had like 13, 14 I mean, him and Eli, him yep. and Eli are going to compete for who's going to take the check down <laughs> faster. But I mean, they got, you know, I mean, Indianapolis came in, took the opening drive right down the field. They scored, they executed, they played with a high tempo. I, I think Washington is so inconsistent. And if they, like they play Green Bay this week, if they get the lead early, they're going to front run it. But if they ain't in the lead, they're not. And, you know, Josh Norman tried to cover T.Y. Hilton, and that, he couldn't cover He couldn't cover T.Y. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you look at Andrew Luck, you talk about he's got two good options right now that he really relies on. Ebron and T.Y. Hilton are both playing really well. They're both getting in the and, end zone. And, and, and Mac and Hines, the two running backs, they're yep. really like more scat backs than they are. They need a power back in Indianapolis. But for the most part, those guys played good. I, I, Washington's team... You know, I thought they would lose in Arizona because I thought this is who they are, mm-hmm. like so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And they went out there and they won, but they're so inconsistent. I mean, there's the details, everything about them. Their offensive line played like crap last week. I, I thought they got duped. But the good news is the NFC East is wide open. Know. When you look yeah. at, you look around there, I mean, you look at the Giants, you look at the Cowboys, you look at the Eagles, you look at the Redskins. Every single team is very back and forth, up except and down, for, ebbs and flows. Except for the Giants. Yes. Which is just down. But then Wentz is coming back, which could separate the whole thing. Can't tell my courage from my desperation. We got to talk about the Patriots, right? Taking this move for Josh Gordon. I think the Patriots are. De- I think the Patriots were desperate to make the move. I think they had to. I think they have no skill on the outside. I think Mike Mike Reese has been keeping track of the transactions on wide receivers, and really, you could do a thirty for thirty on how, why the receiver situation in New England is is the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's could be. It's not a half hour documentary. It's at <laughs> least an hour documentary. Perfect. And it starts with really this thing, and and we can talk about it next week. But the the reason it's so difficult is because Brady has been there for so long. So every year the playbook grows to Brady. And so it's now, just think of it as this way. It's now three Manhattan phone directories. I mean, we still have phone directories when we were growing up, Tay Frazier. I know you don't have many. I, I know what they are. Okay. So North like, Carolina, we still have those things. All right. So like huge. <laughs> so when a rookie comes in, he's got to learn like four volumes of, of this whole thing. It's just, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Even veterans have a hard time learning mm-hmm. it. And, and you can't scale it back because Brady ain't scaling it back. He's going forward. They have no skill on the outside. You know, they missed with, they missed with Britt. They missed with Jordan Matthews. They missed with some guys in the offseason. 
Patterson is what we said he was. He's not going to be able to live on the outside and play consistently enough. You know, so they had to make this move. And now we're going to see if they're courageous or desperate. I think uh, if you can't tell my courage from my des- desperation, we know that the uh, the the Patriots will take a chance, and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady can. You know they've made magic work before, so the, we'll see. This what they is do. why they have September. September they figure out who they are as a team, they modify it, they adjust it, and they go forward. The receiver thing they'll get at them and back that'll help, but they better figure out a way to get the team tougher on offense. And final one, if you don't know now, you know. I think Kirk Cousins proves to everybody he's really good. I mean, I know last week, he, you know, and I said this in a pod on Friday. Bad lines don't travel well. And Minnesota is not a great line right now, but they do enough to help them. But I think Kirk Cousins has played well. I mean, there was a couple opportunities. The Packers had some dropped interceptions and could have made the game a lot easier, especially they got a, you know, the, the penalty helped them. But I think Cousins is a really good player. And I think if you compare Cousins to Alex Smith, he's a better player than Alex Smith. I don't care what anybody says. And so I think Cousins is a good player. I think Minnesota's got a good team. And I think Cousins is going to make them better. I think Dalvin Cook is back. I think he's sensational. He can impact the passing game. Um, and the other thing you got to know is I think Alvin Kamara is one of the best players I watched all week. I mean, he's just so much fun to watch. He can do so much in the so different things in the passing game, in the run game. So those are the two things. Those are the two things. And my final thing is uh, Todd Gurley. Let the man continue to go for these two-point conversions. It is a modern marvel. He is changing the game of football. He should I, do it I, all the time. I mean, that nobody's going to stop him for two yards. Hey, look, here's the thing he about is the Rams. unstoppable. The one thing to know about the Rams is if, again, if you want to bet on a game and there's a high point spread, the Rams never take their foot off the gas. No. Never. They're never going to take it off. They're going to keep doing their thing. Even after the game, they said that the offense was about a BB plus. They they weren't quite where they wanted to be. No, they're going and to they keep blew going. They go, they weren't even close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't even. That was you know. I mean, it wasn't even close. So, I think to me, you know, that's a good sign. You know, the Rams. The thing that you got to like about the Rams is they're not just a good team on paper anymore. They're a good team on the field. Absolutely. And we'll keep our eye on them. We will be back Friday. Uh, per usual, we're going to do all of Lombardi's uh, five picks for the weekend. Three and two this weekend, four and one the first weekend. Uh, we're going to get into week three this week and, and hopefully try to get 100%. We need it. We appreciate everyone listening as always. And again, see you on Friday. Thanks again to FanDuel. Football season is underway, and that's why I'm excited to be playing on FanDuel. FanDuel has never been more fun or easy. It's the place to play if you're not a fantasy expert. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Like their Gridiron Pick'em Contest every single week. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash The Ringer. That's FanDuel.com slash The Ringer.